live from Tel Aviv, two nice Jewish boys, Aitzid Weinstein and Naor Mininger. Hello, Aitan. Hello, hello, Naor. How are you? I'm great. What's up? Uh, not bad. Not bad. I mean, win- winter kind of came abruptly, and it's depressing. Maybe. Yeah, but now it's gone. Yeah, it came for a quick flash, but it's not quite gone. I mean, it's just uh, this this weekend I was busy building an ark. Right. And uh, I was planning on going to have a coffee, but then it started flooding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all these pairs of animals started walking up to my apartment. But so. now we're recording a new Are you talking time. about Shaputzniks? I'm sorry. Who are the, who are the <laughs> exactly. animals? Exactly. Pair of animals, Shaputzniks. <laughs> okay, so this, uh, the man you just heard is Benji It's some guy who just entered the... Uh... Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. No, no, no. No, Benji Lovett is here with us today. Um, it, how are you, Benji? Is it love it or love it? Love it. Well, in America, I would say love it. Here, it's like love it, love it. There's not the, you know. So it's just Levy. Exactly. I'm going <laughs> to change my Benji name to Levy. like Bernstein. Like the, right. the vowels are not the same, so I never know exactly yeah. how to say it or spell it. Right. So, but we're going to say love it. Go for it, Because we love it. <laughs> I got to sure write that down. Heard, One second. I'm, I'm sure never. you've never heard that before. Not this afternoon. <laughs> so how are you? Good, good. I'm good. Yeah. So Benji is a comedian, mm-hmm. a stand-up comedian, yep. a writer, mm-hmm. and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh my God, where do I begin? Well, uh, yeah, from the I... very beginning. Well, we're gonna <laughs> need more than conceived. an hour. <laughs> uh, what can I tell you? Uh, I'm from Dallas, Texas. Okay. And oh, you know what? Can we go back? I, I have to say, every time I hear an Israeli call this winter, I'm like, come on. It's like in the <laughs> '60s, and you know, I, I'm embarrassed. I don't know Celsius, but come on. Yeah. It's like a beautiful... Have you been to other countries around the world? No. no I heard it sucks. Right? I, I come from Alabama. I mean, there's no winter there either. It, it doesn't get colder there. Come on. Uh, maybe. There was one blizzard in like 92, and, and that's it. But I don't remember it because I was three. Yeah. So, but it, it, obviously it's not a... Maybe it fall. Don't yeah. Call it winter. But, you know, I've been here for 10 years, so everything's relative. I mean, have you guys never been to Jerusalem before? Like, that's a legit winter. Yeah, but... You've been to Jerusalem? I have, yeah. I've, that's crazy. So is winter over now? It stopped raining. It's like nice outside. I, I don't know. I, I can only say that Eitan today came here. It's noon. We're recording at noontime. And he came here with a big coat. Here it is. Like, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's what? It's a good thing it's, it's 25 video, degrees outside. You should be embarrassed. It's a, ski, it's a ski jacket, basically. I don't even ski. <laughs> that's the amazing thing. Is I own this solely for the purpose of, of Israeli style. winners. Right. And uh, yeah, no, you want to impress women with it. It's a really it. ostentatious orange on the inside. That's it's really That's an impressive word. Ostentatious? Yeah. Oh, or, or, or orange. He's not orange. You know what that means? <laughs> he's just getting started. I barely know what that means. Ostentatious. I don't know what orange means either. So uh, <laughs> So yes, yeah, it's hot. What? It's a little warm in here. Yeah, I, I I right. Can the listeners see the warmth? Oh, here's the remote. Do your thing, I don't, know what, I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. I'm just pressing buttons. But, okay, so, so... I didn't tell you much about me. Yeah, <laughs> go right ahead. What, so um, I guess we'll start with... Uh, where, are you, where are you from? I'm from Dallas, Texas. Uh, Dallas, Texas, yes, you said. And um, I've been in this country 10 years this past summer. Um, okay. I, I, I'm sure I mentioned that during my little... Uh, I did like a storytelling event re- recently, which no or saw me at. I don't know if that'll come up Fuck today. up nights. Exactly. Oh, sh- oh we, we're not allowed to say fuck. Sorry. It's not a bad word in Hebrew. Shit up nights. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I do this interesting combination of like 
comedy and uh, facilitation and speaking and presentations uh, about Israel. And, so uh, when, when did you when did you move here? Uh, at the end of the Second Lebanon War in uh, August of 2006. Oh wow! What right was after? the trigger? Well, um, is that an army reference? What do you mean? What was the trigger? <laughs> um, you know, it wasn't. Well, it's interesting to say trigger makes it sound like it was one event, like pulling a trigger, like this one moment. And it was sort of this lifelong, you know, involvement in my youth group. Uh, I was involved in the Young Judea, which is a you know, uh -huh. Zionist youth movement. You know, when my mom sent me to a, a pool party in third grade, I don't think any of us realized it would lead like summer camp and then a, a summer in Israel and then a gap year. And then, you know, it just, yeah, they brainwash you from a young age. Exactly. <laughs> you don't know it. It all starts at that pool party. It's good brainwashing though. Yeah. <laughs> How yeah, did they know. brainwash you? Well, that's, I, it's, it's, it's maybe you're, you're, uh, I don't know if you're in on the joke, but, you know, in America, everyone talks, I mean, maybe they do the same thing here, but, you know, when you go to Jewish summer camp, you fall in love with yeah. either Zionism, Judaism, whatever it is. Yeah, we talk about brainwashing because, uh, you know, it's not like you're sitting in a class. It's informal Jewish education. You're not sitting in a classroom reading textbooks, but you know, you're positive indoctrination. Yeah, you're falling in love with this thing. And, you know, we joke around that it's brainwashing because how else could we fall in love with something so much at such a young age? So unlovable. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. yeah. There are worse things to be brainwashed about. Yeah, no, I right. mean, every education's brainwashing, right? Jihad this is my is pessimistic a... outlook on the world. But, but yeah, no, I mean, I was also by my parents, and then I came here at the age of 18 and did the army and the whole nine yards, and yeah. But tell me, wh why? I mean, there's, so you're saying there's no like point in time that you can point at and say, okay, this is when I made the decision. Oh, sure. Um, you know, the, I mean, this is not the first, this might be the first, well, it's not the first podcast I've done, but in 10 years, you know, the, it's, it's evolved from, you know, articles, a TV interview. I mean, podcasts barely existed 10 years ago, but I've told the story so many times. And um, I feel like what's interesting when talking about Aliyah is that, you know, I wasn't Ben-Gurion. Like, you don't have to be like, you know, Joe Zionist as a prerequisite to moving here. Like, I didn't come when I was 18. I didn't do the army. I moved when I was 31, which is, you know, relatively old for a single person. I didn't plan on my entire life. Um, I lived in New York City, working for Young Judea, this youth group that I grew up in, working in the Israel Programs Department, you know, marketing and, and doing the administration for our summer teen program. And I didn't like it. Like, I, New York was not for me. And I was going to leave. I was, I was actually weighing a job in Atlanta, Georgia, where I had lived before, as an assistant camp director, which is the same field. Assistant I, camp director. Uh, uh, yeah, to, to be the assistant camp director of a Jewish summer camp. Bed, bed like, uh, associations, but never mind. Maybe Why? it's only me. Camp. 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 Well, camp. Oh, that's an Israeli thing. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, in the States, I have a camps. problem with, yeah, it's, it's everywhere. Camps Japanese is, had them. Yeah. Oh, you, you Israelis. Okay. Yeah, do continue. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and I always feel like 99 times out of 100, I would have taken that job. And this one time, I... You know, all right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump forward because I'm sure it's going to come up. The question I get all the time, why did you make Aliyah? Number yeah. one, I lived in New York, didn't like it. Number two... You didn't like New York? To live there, not at that stage of my life. No, a lot of people don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I, you have to assume. What's there not to people, like? Like four thousand dollars for. Well, like for a lot of people don't apartment. like living in Tel Aviv. Like it's a great city, but a lot of people don't want to live here. But it, it doesn't believe. have that like uh, that that magic, you know, aura when you go there. The atmosphere at the beginning, where it's all sure, you know, bright lights. And yeah. Well, first of all, you avoid the bright lights. Like once you live there, you <laughs> stay. 
as far away from Times Square as possible. You're getting you just so walk many. around shielding your eyes. Yeah, it's annoying. It's just so many tourists and people. Yeah. Um, you know, and I obviously love this place and spent a lot of time here. And I just didn't want to spend the rest of my life saying, what if? And I don't remember. If, I mean, there wasn't one moment. I mean, there was the moment where I thought about leaving. There was the moment where I was weighing this job. There was the moment where I turned down the job. But that was basically what happened. Um, right. But I, I, I don't know if it, it was clear, but Benji is a comedian. Yeah. Did we clear that up? Yeah, I said he's a yeah. comedian. Okay. He does stand-up. And he does stand-up here. And uh, when I saw you at, st- at Fuck Up Nights, I thought you were hilarious. Thank and you. I thought... Well, what, what is it? You want to say what that is? Yeah, so I think we all, all already mentioned it in previous episodes, but basically it's a, a, an, an international event in which people come to the stage and tell about their fuck-ups. So I'd be th- so good at that. Sorry? I'd be so good at that. Yeah. <laughs> That's like, like the one place I would succeed. Yeah, but how I'd would you choo- fuck it up too. Yeah, but how would you choose <laughs> from the many fuck-ups you've... I don't know. Could I come the next week and tell about how I fucked up my speech <laughs> at fuck-up? So now I believe you're originally American. That is the, the North American gerotic, uh, Jewish neurotic uh, self-deprecating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Israelis don't understand self-deprecation. No, they will. They will at the end of this podcast. That's my <laughs> mission to educate them. Self-deprecatia for Self your Hebrew speakers. <laughs> so, yeah, so that, that's Fuck Up Nights. And, um, well, I, I, I thought you were hilarious. And I also thought it's, it's a good, like, what's better than Alia for material to stand up? Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, so absolutely. It's, it's a goldmine. Yep. So, um, I guess, what, what, where am, am I going to from here? Oh, you're not going anywhere. Right. <laughs> so, no, what's I, the worst part about, about Israel? You know, this... Um, I don't know how to answer. I mean, it's... Um, I mean, it's not like I rank them. Uh, but it's just... You know, I'm sure the answer is different now than it was 10 years ago. I mean... You mean, what's the worst part about Aliyah or being an immigrant? Because, like, you know, I could... But living here as, as well, you are now. I mean, if you're asking about the worst part about Israel, you could say, like, you know... What would an Israeli say? Oh, the bureaucracy or the systematic, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, the problems with the Matzav. Uh, as an immigrant, it's, um, and these are things I'm happy to say I don't actually think about as much t- now, 10 years in, as I did five years ago, because eventually yeah. uh, life calms down. But, um, I mean, on, you know, in the first six months, you might say, ah, the, the service, or nobody waits in line, or the chutzpah. Um but if you go deeper, you know, after a few years, it's probably more like, I don't know, you know, maybe not being able to communicate or, or not, you know, I, I was in a, this is what I talked about at the, the fuck up nights. You basically talk about like a, a moment of adversity or something. And I, the topic I, I spoke about was, was Hebrew. And I feel, um, not or you were there. And most of the other people were like CEOs of companies and investors. And they talked about like a specific decision or a mistake they made. Um, I didn't think of anything to talk about. So I chose like, a large 10-year fuck-up on my, like, my relationship with, with not learning Hebrew the way I wanted to. You know, when I talked about it in year three, I was in a, a job in an office of a tour operator with all Israeli coworkers, and it was really difficult because in America, I might be in a position of management, and I'd feel good about myself, and I would, you know, be a leader, and in this job, I couldn't express myself. I felt like the dumbest one in the, the department. I felt like the one who was screwing up the most, and it was just this... This adversity, like I looked at myself, I was like, I don't even know who I am anymore. I mean, this is not the person I want to be. And I, yeah. what happened to me, that's not something you're able to articulate when you get off the plane. Yeah, no, it's right. it's rough. I was never able to, uh, I mean, I, my Hebrew was definitely not at the level it is today. But I Which grew, level is that? 
You know, I'd say <laughs> I'd say somewhere Embar- around the Eliezer Ben Yehuda level, like right around there. Right. No, I. Uh, I mean, I I flew in Hebrew now, but I, when I came, it definitely wasn't fluent. But I I mean, I grew up with Hebrew my entire life. My parents are Israeli, so I was never able to understand. But I had friends in the in the army when I moved here that didn't speak a word, and that always like fascinated me how they were able to like even deal now, have you yelled that. at your parents for not making you fluent in hebrew as a kid now what have you have you yelled at your parents for not no they ma- did they made me flu- that's what i say I, I am fluent like i grew up oh, but when with you, it but when you got here you said you weren't I, I mean i would that's what i'm saying is that it's gotten okay. better but I, I was i was fluent enough not to you know i can't complain about the struggles of like of not being able yeah. to to communicate but it always fascinated me how someone can actually like i can't imagine moving to spain right yeah. now and just trying to make it well the funny thing is i feel like if you know if you move to spain you probably learn it's funny because i actually have a friend in spain who's an immigrant and he would disagree with this but um you know if you got thrown into the deep end in china i feel like you'd have to learn chinese but here this podcast is in english i mean everything is in you know there's more yeah. the big thing i always tell people is if i made all i got 20 years ago i assume i'd be fluent after 10 years but 20 hmm. years ago you couldn't download American movies. You couldn't look at ESPN.com. I mean, there's with the internet, there's yeah. so much English here now. There's that bubble. Yeah, because up until the 80s, you had uh, the, the reactor, what they call the reactor that, that, um, that forced people to speak Hebrew. And if you the melting pot, melting pot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here they call it a reactor. Yeah, really. So it's so yeah. militant. Yeah, cool. What do they call it a reactor. Kulitur. It's a, it's like a nuclear reactor. Basically, um, we will not confirm or deny whether that reactor existed. <laughs> so up until the 80s, if you didn't speak Hebrew, um, you would be considered yep. considered like a, an outcast. An outcast. Failure. It was an embarrassment. Today, it's an Possibly, embarrassment po- to speak Hebrew, basically. No. <laughs> yeah, I'm exaggerating, but it, yeah. it, it has changed. But you being a stand-upist. Yeah, yeah. You being a stand-upist, um, I mean, that... That like became more uh Mr. Dill? That became If you're wondering what's going on at home, I tried to casually, <laughs> non verbally ask uh Aton to please pass the water. I was trying to decide if I should Yeah. I should. We don't and have he much fucked of, up. <laughs> we don't have much of it in this country, so I want to drink it as as much as I can now. Right. So what I'm asking is how you being a um a stand up it, it it evolved as you came here. By the way, that's Hebrew right. for stand-up comedian for all you English speakers at right. home. Right, stand-up comedian. Stand-up-ist. You don't Set say, you to don't say it in English? Stand-upist. Well, like no. you're a podcast Like a startupist. Okay. Well, uh, stand-up comedian, when you came here, it evolved and it became your profession, one might say, mm-hmm. right? So that pushed you there. You always had something in you and then and then it, it like burst, bursted when you came or how did it work out? Work well, that's out? the funny thing. You know, I... I um, you know, I, I have often said, like, you know, uh, this is going to be a little visual. You can't see this at home. But, like, once you expand your comfort zone out to here, yeah. my arms are out to the side. Like, once you make Alian <laughs> and step out of your comfort zone, you've got all this room in the middle to play with. Like, no, I feel like people are not going to immigrate to another country and then just continue to live, like, a very boring, you know, mm-hmm. not you know, life. Uh, you know, that's why there's so many entrepreneurs here. And, you know, we call this the startup nation. I mean, I would never in a million years be self-employed in in America, but... Um, Why not? I just, I, I don't know, I'd be afraid to, or it's non-traditional, or I wouldn't even, I wouldn't need to, you know, and uh, what is it, the necessity is the mother of invention? Is that, uh, you know, I needed to, to pay the bills, and I mean, 
um, things just happen. I mean, I had a part-time job when I moved here because I did do Ulpan. I would, I didn't even need to have a part-time job in America, just different situations. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe someone will babysit or teach English on a part-time basis when they move here. Just, I mean, I don't know if there are more part-time jobs here, but it's just, it's, uh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, 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 I totally understand that. Once you leave your comfort zone, you're much more open to take risks, to, to, to well, do things that you're not that, comfortable with. It's even with. whatever risks you take will not be as the big as the risk of immigrating. Yeah, that's um, also you know, true. I, I used to tell people like, I mean, it's such a young country. Like, well, it's A, uh, two things. A, you know, uh, here, if you're doing stand-up in English, you're already like a big fish in a small pond, uh-huh. which is, I don't know, kind of nice in, in some ways. Um, and I used to tell people like, Move here and just open a Mexican restaurant. You'll be a millionaire. Yeah. I mean, now there are a lot of Mexicans, but like... And they're starting to close down. Is that true? But, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm, I'm assuming if you opened up like a uh, Korean... Yeah, I mean, there's still plenty yeah, of things we per- don't have Peruvian. here. Peruvian. Mongolian food, yeah. Or a podcast. <laughs> or a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, but how did that come to be, you being a... I mean, what was the process? Did you always dream of it or did you find it in yourself as you came here? Did you work in well, stand-up in the States? I did it as a hobby there. And, you know, I would do it a few times. And six months, I wouldn't do it. And then, I mean, I lived in New York for three years and did it, I think, five times, which looking back is just crazy. In New York? Yeah. In New York City? Yeah. In comedy cellars or in, like, comedy? You know, yeah. In, like, open mic nights, whatever. That's, that's, that's ballsy. What, what's that? That's ballsy, no? To get up on stage in New York and do comedy. Yeah, it's an open it's mic. Like... It's a, you know, I'm not doing it, like, 11 o'clock, you know, with... Uh, in Times Square. You know, it's just like little amateur nights. It's no different from here. Right. Yeah, I know. But I feel like New York is like, you know, it's the capital of hecklers and like people who just won't give you the time of day. And I don't know, just doing, I, th- I feel like do- doing comedy, doing stand-up in New York is like the material of one of my worst nightmares. Yeah, but I don't know. Nobody is like drunk and heckling like an amateur. Yeah. At like seven o'clock in the evening when but there's three people in the crowd. It's just, I don't know. I, gotta, um, I, I just think it's ballsy. It's, it takes some balls. Oh, you're very nice. Um... <laughs> But that, um, I, mean, I guess that those balls brought you here in the end also. Yeah. Uh, so I did a little bit there. And here I did it. I don't remember how I started getting paid gigs. But, you know, slowly here and there. And I mean, I also have, I don't want to say connections. But I know a lot of people from working in the Jewish world and, and being in the summer camp world for so long. Um, and then, well, I'll tell you what was, what was big. Um, in like late 2008... A shaliach, like an emissary, an employee of the Jewish agency in America, came to me. And I, well, also blogging was a big thing. I was that really sort of helped me develop a brand. Um, and he came to me and said he was interested in sending me to America to do a few shows about Aliyah to promote Aliyah. And I think I thought about, oh, I should do a tour of you know. There was an obvious need or a market for me. I probably never would have put it together on my own. And when he sent me there, and I did like I don't know. Six shows and... Closer to the mic. If oh, yeah, sorry. Lift it, then, yeah, perfect. I, I don't know. I must have done, like, six shows in seven cities and eight nights or something like that. Maybe seven shows in six cities. And after that, I mean, that was exciting. And after that, I think I said, maybe I can do this myself. Like, I don't need to go through them. And I sent emails out to a billion people and nudged and pushed. And um, now I've been doing these trips to the States for, like, eight years now. Cool. And... um. Is it like are you is your humor a Jewish humor in a way? Yeah, I mean with, first of all, it's basically all about Israel. I mean you said at the beginning that yeah. Ali has a gold mine and you know, I've even got I mean it everyone knows like the funniest stuff is when you talk about your yourself and your own life, like I did 
the, the storytelling fuck up nights that you saw. I mean, part of it maybe is like, I don't know, not wanting to reveal myself. I don't know. Part of it is just not having gotten around to it. Like there's so much here to make fun of. I haven't even sort of gotten around to talk about my family or my myself. So even after 10 years, still you, you absorb being in Ole and turn it into comedy. You still see the comedy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, um, I, mean I think uh, – I mean, look, it's no longer uh, – The, the material isn't the same. I mean, everyone complains about... I don't know, there's jokes everybody makes fun of, like, I don't know. Like, I have a joke about it, you know, Israelis don't understand why people make Aliyah. I hear a lot of comedians talk about that, and it's still a funny joke, but like, all right, so everybody notices that. And now I talk more, you know, I make fun of myself more. I don't want to just be like a complaining immigrant, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know, now I make fun of myself. I like, I don't know, maybe I make fun of things that are deeper or cultural differences more than just... Stupid little things. Oh, Israelis don't stand in line. It's, eh. I don't know. Maybe it's... Uh, But they or, don't. That is true. <laughs> they, they don't. don't. Um, Someone needs to say it. But now maybe it's... it's. I don't know. I don't want to just complain. I don't want to just be a, a whiny immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Why don't they blah, blah, blah? You know, now, now it'll maybe be more of a... Maybe uh, more commenting on or observing rather uh -huh. than like complaining. Yeah. Um, well, the to, anthropologist. For yeah. it to be Jewish humor, it has to be complaining, no? Isn't it like, like the... The essence of Jewish yeah. humor? Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's the essence of, of Jews, that's for sure. Yeah, I, mean, I think all, all comedians complain about the that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's got its roots in, you know, old Polania. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but, but Hebrew was an issue um, In terms of what? In terms of just life in general? or Like studying it, getting along with it, and make use of it. Yeah, um, I mean, my Hebrew was, it was good when I got here. And, you know, if you go on, like, my YouTube channel, you can see I did this TV interview, like, eight years ago, and it, my Hebrew was pretty good. It just, you know, it's an issue of, uh, you know, when you're self-employed for so many years, and working from home, and not 18, you know, it's just eventually it plateaus. And eventually, for me, it was many years ago. And it was only in the last year that I sort of, for the first time, verbalized it out loud and also to myself, like, this might be as good as it gets, which... Uh, it's hard to accept. Yeah. How yeah. so? Why? Why? Because it's not easy to not speak, you know. A, you know, uh, like you said, in the old days, people would be considered failures. Forget what anyone else thinks of me. Like, I, you know, it just makes life. It's difficult for everyone when they don't have a command over the language. Yeah. I don't read the paper. I don't watch TV. You know, communicating with people, you know, reading your mail. Just it's... Uh, it can But you don't find it much... Much more, I don't know, uh, like Israel today, I don't know if you can have anything to compare it to, but conducive of just like living in that in that place, in that bubble. Because there's, I mean, I feel like I made Aliyah 10 years ago and I've been, you know, I have Ameri mostly American friends and, uh, and you know, I, I speak, I mean, I work in a company where I speak English 90% of the day. And I mean, I'm constantly interacting Yeah, I mean, Americans. clearly, you can, I mean, you know, I hear stories of people who've been here like 30 years and don't speak a word. A, yeah. I don't know how that's possible. And B, like, good for them that they can live with themselves. But I think, like, how do they live? Like, how yeah. does that not drive them crazy? I mean, good. How know. do they buy falafel? I don't know. <laughs> well, there's, that's, that's, that's like the lowest level of that's life. That's the one for word me, they the know. Highest. That's the one word they know. And it's not right. even, it's not even Hebrew. Billy Harif. <laughs> falafel. And, and I, I should say, if anyone's listening who's been here 30 years and can live with themselves, I mean, that's not... Uh, I mean, it's 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 a little bit judgmental, but it's it's more of a reflection on me. Like I, I guess I'm very hard on myself. Like, 
I couldn't live with myself. So I'm wondering how other people succeed in not letting it get to them. Yeah. I don't know. No, it definitely, it bothers me. Like, right. I, I mean, I was, I, I went to university and, you know, no, I was Israeli. You, you know, you can attest. I have Israeli though. friends. Tell them, tell everybody. No, right, right. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, I do have that, you know, I have acclimated some, but it definitely, I get you. It bothers me that I, that I'm like in this bubble. Like I want to, like the more that bubble is airtight, the more it, it, it bothers me. The more I want Man, to. I gave you a book in Hebrew and you didn't read it because I've it's in Hebrew. I've read two books in Hebrew my entire life. One of them is Sea Spot Run. Right. The translated version. Don't right. tell me how that ends. Oh, I won't. I won't ruin it. No spoilers. We don't do spoilers on this show. But uh And the other? And the other is Mail Shalev. <laughs> right. So opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. But um okay, so I got I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit I don't even know who that is. Should I know I, should, I, I one know. of the our greatest uh authors, basically. Okay. Well there's not that many. There are quite a few though. There's quite a few, but like I feel like there's like anyone that like pops up is like you know David Gosman oh one of the best you know there are like, also the old the old guys you know Samich Izhar uh, Brenner no heard no. of Brenner Street Bialik Bialik heard of no him. but Agnon ah also. but Agnon is Agnon still isn't he still alive? if he's still around <laughs> or Amos Oz Amos oh my Oz God is, I always confuse them <laughs> we'll get rid of that in the, in the revealing editing the ignorance <laughs> no 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 this we're gonna keep <laughs> it's a segment it's a common segment yeah. every week it's called revealing the ignorance and it usually stars me <laughs> <laughs> so but okay so we we talked about the worst part of Israel but what's the what's the good part what's the what's the part you're happy with here Give me a few minutes. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> well, that is also uh, sort of hard for me to answer. And I, if I say I don't appreciate... There, there must be an element of, you know, not appreciating things as much anymore in anything, not just a relationship with the country, but like in a romantic relationship, whatever. You know, when I first got here, you know, everyone's in the, oh my God, this is amazing mode. And I don't notice those things as much anymore. Um, I know that I... At least for a few years, I've said that um, probably the most special part for me is sort of sort of being an immigrant, like being part of this fraternity of Olim who all understand each other, make the same jokes, and have this like bond that no one else could ever understand. You know, it reminds me of like I don't know, like um, kibbutz. I'd have to take your word for that. I don't know. I don't know what the, that being part of that group is. But you know, when I did my gap year, um. I came here with like a hundred people. We were all best friends at the end. We had this bond forever and this experience that no one from the outside would ever understand. It's sort of like that. Um, but um, yeah, the little things, I, mean, I don't know if you've seen, I do this annual Yom Ha'atzmaut list of things all about Israel. I did it for maybe eight or nine years in a row on the times of Israel. Um, and like for 68 years, I'd write 68 things. And after eight or nine years, it was up to like 600, 700 things. Which is hard to continue, and those are the little things. Yeah, you know, I don't notice as it's much. It's hard to make up so make up so much. It, uh, it gets difficult, but <laughs> yeah, the little things like I don't know. Um, uh, what's the cliche that you meet someone on the sub on the the train, and five minutes later they're inviting you to their place for Shabbat dinner? I mean, little things that yeah um, that actually never happened to me. Yeah, it's true. I've never been on the subway here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, you just but wait. I, it's true. There, it, there is. There's a lot of those cliches that after a while here, you're like, that never it, happens. That's not true. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, part of it is maybe not noticing. Part of it is, 
I don't know if it's being in this Anglo bubble. Part of it is probably still being self-employed and not inter- interacting with a ton of people. Or I'm sure part of it's being in Tel Aviv. Uh, you know, if I lived, I mean, it's, I don't know, maybe because it's cosmopolitan or it's more Western or it's more young people. I'm sure if I went to, I don't know, the Peripheria or, you know, yeah. somewhere else, I might have different experience. Yeah, I might have different experiences. No, it's true. The, the Tel Aviv does have a little bit of a, colder vibe to it than uh than than other israeli cities i think yeah look i mean part of it is also you know i don't i, I don't you know when i say i, I don't like, i don't know I, I have mixed feelings about the term the bubble but you know even when i say it's a bubble even just the age i mean most people here are like 20s 30s 40s you know you're interacting with fewer different types of people if i was interacting with you know more grandmotherly type people i might have different experiences but um you know, i think just um there are dating sites for that speaking of grandmothers <laughs> Speaking Jay, of Jay Softa. Yeah, Jay Softa. Uh, look, if I, you know, if you asked me when I was in America, I'd probably be more conscious. My antennas would be more attuned to the things. But I, I would say just I feel like my life is more meaningful here. Um, you do feel that. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. At least someone. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was referring to you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> So I had no comment. Okay. I was pleading the fifth. Right. Okay. So now I got to go back and listen to all the old podcasts to understand <laughs> right. the context I've stepped into. Here. So I suggest uh, we'll listen to a song. So uh, Benji, we tried to bring to the show the best songs written in English by Israeli artists mm. because it's such a nice scene of indie Israeli musicians who, who write songs in English. So this week we have Zohar Ginsburg. Uh, her band is called Trust the Lady. And this song is called She, and Zohar has a Facebook page. You can follow her at her Facebook page. And also, she has a Bandcamp website in which you can buy her album. So let's hear this beautiful song, He. He.
was that was awesome. Yep. Now, how come when you said band camp beforehand, why didn't you make a Holocaust joke then? <laughs> well, why only went to our summer camps? Yeah, it's, it's different. True. You won't get it. It's true though. There 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 were a lot of bands that were burned in the Holocaust. Oh my god. Okay. So uh <laughs> Zohar Ginsburg, uh like her on Facebook and get her album on Bandcamp and uh thank you Zohar for letting thank us you, play our song. We're back with Benji Lovit. And I was wondering, Benji, um how's dating been for you here in Israel? Anyway, it's been fun talking to you guys. We're going to wrap up the podcast. Um, what, do you, what do you think about Israeli women? Different, If the same. Are they listening? No. Um, I don't, some, that's one thing I don't complain a lot about. I mean, probably the most of the people I've gone out with are, uh, are Anglos. I mean, for those listening, Anglos is sort of the, the, the incorrect term someone came up with uh, for, like, immigrants from, you know, English-speaking Western Anywhere. countries. Yeah, Anglos. Yeah. Um, you know, most people I've gone out with have been nice. I don't have, like, uh, I try to stay away from, uh, I don't know, obnoxious people about whom people might make stereotypes. <laughs> it sounds like you want to make so a stereotype. No, no Yemenite. I <laughs> uh, don't remember going out with any Yemenite people. Um, I, I, I find, uh, I don't know if I can, if I can say that there's an, there's a, there's a genuine difference. If I can genuinely say there's a difference between Israeli women and American women. Like oh. I don't, I don't know if, if I noticed anything. Do you, I mean, do you think that there's something that you can pinpoint to say, okay, this is, they're completely different. This is like this, and this is. Well, I mean, you know, there's also, I mean, I, I don't know if it, I haven't picked up on it. Like I, uh, I don't know. Closer to the mic. Yes, I've sort of, um, I don't know. Um, I was a psych major, which means nothing as an adult. Although I, what I liked about <laughs> it is that. You know, I really enjoyed social psychology and uh, picking things apart and understanding tendencies from all different angles. And um, it also makes the Jewish mother happy. What's usually. that? Sorry, it, it makes the Jewish mother happy. What does? Like a degree, a degree in psychology. Yeah. No. They, they, no. Well, the stereotype is, you know, why, why aren't you going to be a doctor or a lawyer? Well, psychiatry is almost a doctor. But, well, okay. Psychology. 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 Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. No. But. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, there are differences between dating in Jerusalem and dating in Tel Aviv. There's differences between dating in Tel Aviv and dating in, I mean, New York and Tel Aviv are some, more similar than New York and, I don't know, sub, some suburban community in, in America. Yeah. Mainly I mean, it's different Jerusalem, in 20s and 30s. I mean, you only can take her to two places. That is true. You're, yeah, <laughs> you're more likely to run into someone you know in Jerusalem. Yeah, it's, and you see all the other women you dated with. Yeah. It's a lot but, tougher um, to date in Ramallah, though, I have to say. <laughs> There's like no place to go out and bombshells <laughs> coming down at you. Ramallah, yeah, Ramallah's could be romantic is, though, yeah. escaping the shells. It's pretty you. exclusive, right? Yeah. <laughs> Never been on a date there. No, no? Yeah, it hasn't happened. You should yet. try it. There's this one cafe. He's it's a great. settler, so his yeah. He got, he I'm, did. I'm not a settler. Not that I, it's a bad thing, <laughs> but I'm just that's just false. Yeah. You gotta say not. That there's anything wrong with that from the Seinfeld episode. <laughs> yeah, not that there's anything. Wrong and if you with don't that. know it. I'll leave the room right now. This podcast is over. Oh, uh, we we know it. You know the line. Okay. <laughs> well, I know how old you are, so you're. If you don't know it, you're excused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I've I've seen Seinfeld once. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> no, 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 I've I seen it, kidding. but I don't remember it by heart. There, there's it's a famous line. Not that there's anything wrong with that. So, so you mainly didn't date authentic Israeli girls. Not mostly, but you know. Okay, so one difference is, um, you know, again, look, there could be a lot of reasons. Uh, 
So uh, in America, it's more expected. I should like do big air quotes as a generalization. Like usually, like the man comes with the plan, you know. And sometimes I've gone out with Israeli women, and it, it, there's less of those traditional gender roles. Like, you know, sometimes I'll suggest something, and the woman will say, "Well, how about this instead?" Mm -hmm. um, you know, the first time it sort of surprised me. Um, I don't want to say shocked or bothered, but you know, it was different. You know, now I'm more used to that. Um, what else can I tell you? Yeah. Um, no, it's, I mean, I don't know. I feel like uh, I, if there's one thing that I would, would say is, to me, strikingly different is um, the, the, the focus on, like, on relationship. I think that, I think that Israeli women are more relationship-oriented. They're more, you know what I mean? They're, there, I mean, there obviously are, you know, the women that are that are, you know, in that place where they're looking for something casual. But most of the time, I feel like there's this focus on like people here get married relatively young. I think, uh, yeah, in Tel Aviv specifically, not, but like in Israel in general. I mean, I came, here, my, I was on a garin here, and and people were getting married at 22, 23. I have friends who are my age, 26, 27, and they have like three or four kids. And I'm just like, what? How did that happen? <laughs> I don't even, I don't know. Um, I mean, my friends didn't get married that young. I, I'm not even sure. Yeah. Um, Tel Aviv specifically is different. I mean, are you comparing to America? You're comparing to the rest of the world. But, I, I don't know how old people are. Well, in the world. specifically, the we States. only care about the states. That, here that's in the Israel, thing, right? People, that's the thing I realized that I, <laughs> the many states times, of the world to us. That is true. <laughs> well, that's the thing I realized many times. Uh, or I, I had a big light bulb go off once over my head. Figuratively, yes. I, um, you know, I, I think I was looking for a mailbox in America. When you live in an apartment building, there's often, you know, you have the the, the set of mailboxes downstairs, uh -huh. and then there's also another mailbox for outgoing mail. If you want a mail letter, you put it there. What? Yeah. And here, what do it's, you do? You have to walk around till you just bump into, into it. Yeah. yeah fine. And I was like, Ugh, it's so what? What is it? It's so annoying. Why do I have to go find a mailbox? I don't know where one is. And and I, uh, I was complaining, and I talked to a British friend, and she said, well, that's also how it is in Britain. I was like, wait a second. So I realized you can't make a comparison. with like When you're arguing with someone, how do you, what do you do to find out who's crazy? You go ask a third person. So unless you have a third country to compare to, how do you know who's weird, America or Israel? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's true. but it also makes sense because everything here is, has been shaped by the, the Brits. So it's not really fair. The damn Brits. You said that in like a, the damn Brits. Was there a bit of content? <laughs> there was a little Oops. bit. Oops. <laughs> that was unintentional. Um, no, they're the bastards. Um, but, <laughs> so it makes sense. But, but yeah, it's... Uh, so, you know, it, it's hard for me to say. Like, you know, uh, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of differences between dating, you know, in America versus Israel. But there's also differences within one country between your 20s and your 30s and yeah. cities. And so it's hard to say. Um, yeah, no, I mean, oh, true. That, that, why did this come up? Because of relationships. Um, I mean, uh, probably the women I go out with are interested in relationships, but that's because I'm not 22. Yeah. So uh, it's hard to say. So they're like, come on, man. Let's I'm, go. I'm 25, by the way, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Of course. Put a ring on it. It's, it's about time. 25 is like, you're like three years late. Yep. You got to get married already. Right. 25 <laughs> and living in Tel Aviv has has it's also not not easy right I mean how do you can you make can you make ends meet from being an artist and live here in the city 
I mean, so far, so good. Um, you know, uh, I'm doing it. Right. I don't know how, but uh, it's paying the bills. So it, it, it's, it's, it's not overly expensive for I you. Mean, I mean, you know, I have a studio that's small, um, you know, don't have any kids, don't have a, a mortgage. Much contact for you Hebrew speakers out there. Right. But, uh, but because people here complain a lot, Israelis feel maybe you coming from New York City can shed some light of, of perspective. I mean, it, uh, is it that bad here? Um, look, I'm also the price a bad price? person. To, you know, I still am like, um, I sometimes think I'm still living in sort of stage one of Aliyah in terms of, I don't have a wife, I don't have kids. I don't, I mean, if I had those What things, are the stages? Let's let's put it out there. Well, I, I don't know what they are, <laughs> but I, specifically in terms of like, if I had a wife and kids tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be in trouble. If I had a car, you know, so I feel like the moment those things happen, it's going to hit me how, you know, people talk about how expensive daycare is. Um, thousands of shekels like that's I'm gonna be in shock when those things hit me so yeah um, yeah when when I had to put Noah through daycare it was, <laughs> it was that's asshole. why he's here today you couldn't afford it anymore yeah but yeah. but the orphanage didn't cost you Old anything <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> some perks <laughs> so tell me what is the thing that you you miss the most about the states but that's also different you know if you ask me on day one Doritos you know I mean if you ask me 10 years ago <laughs> ESPN but we have Doritos now, now it's like yeah those are not Doritos what Did, are they then you know, the Doritos here are like uh, you know falafel in uh, Birmingham Alabama yeah yeah it's true that's where Eitan is from so day, day one was Doritos and now it's something more like, it's like you're like you're know, like, like love uh, family like, and friends <laughs> yeah yeah no it gets it gets deeper as you go it's true it's true but okay I'm, I'm assuming you don't you don't miss the politics there Oh God! Well, first of all, what's to miss? It's not like I don't. It's not like we don't all follow it here. Yeah, yeah. No, but you don't have to. You're not gonna. You're not gonna suffer the brunt end of the. That's. Uh, it's a flat world these days. Everyone feels it. Yeah. Are you like for the first time after Trump's elected, like, laughing at all all your friends who were laughing at you for coming here, and you say like, I made it out. You know, like. Oh no! I'm not laughing. Yeah, <laughs> no, but isn't like crying. a bit like the the Jews who escaped Germany in, uh, before thirty three? Um, that I no. Well, my leaving America is like the, no, nah. it's not that bad. Come on, let me let me exaggerate a little bit. I mean, come on, he's he's like he's an orange lizard. But he's even if not you wanted like... to compare, I mean, there's plenty of people who who said you could make a comparison between America now and Germany. But I can't compare myself. Having left 10 years ago is not... Yeah, yeah, that's true. He, he wasn't, like, foreseeing the rise of Donald, Donald Trump, the Fuhrer. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes there are these subcurrents that, 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 that you know, maybe... They, Push you, people away without them even knowing. Well, first yeah. of all, you couldn't even make the comparison until we know... Maybe 10 years ago, looking back, Yeah. May, I mean... You could theoretically make that comparison, but nothing. We don't Look, know enough. Yet. When you see, not that I think that, and whatever. <laughs> no, yeah, I don't. I don't think he's gonna be. I mean, he's obviously not gonna. I don't think he's gonna come anywhere close to to that. But it's still, it's frightening to. to you don't need him to to become anything. But as you see the anti-Semitism rising and all these articles now, they make me quite angry actually. All the, the retweets of of anti-Semitic anti-Semitism. Uh, no, but anti-Semitic like anti-Semitic um, accident or no accident, but occurrences. Yeah. Um. It it makes me a bit angry because you know it's uh, it's not like there weren't anti-Semites in the U.S. and now because of Trump's elected, 
suddenly they became they have always been there well the question is what is now acceptable discourse you know people feel emboldened to speak publicly now but they were always there so maybe it, now they're they reveal themselves maybe more be. but isn't it better to know and to acknowledge their existence rather than it ignore well, it depends it. are you going to evict them out of the country or you know what you know we know we jews know that like words lead you know violence starts with language and words so mm-hmm. yeah once people are speaking a certain way yeah so I, I, all i'm saying is that that it's, uh, we better face it and realize uh, it's here and it, it always was there that's what i'm trying to say maybe it always was there and we ignored it and now well, something's latent and not being see, you know if someone's there's a difference between if someone writes what's more disturbing someone thinking about a swastika or someone spray painting one in a synagogue it's both disturbing to me well, the same way to me in my opinion and I think that uh, thinking about it is more dangerous because you don't know and you, you don't realize who's your neighbor now unless you realize who who, who are you live who have you been living with and to me this is the, the you know uh, I know how you say but um, yeah but if that guy is like you know leading you onto a bus that's gonna take you off to a a uh, you know, camp. Yeah, you're not going to be like, oh, okay, good. Now I know you're an anti-Semite. Yeah, I mean, to take it to its, to take it to the uh, extreme, to, to the fullest. You know, what's worse, how, you know, putting tens of millions of Jews in concentration camps, or just thinking about putting. Tens, I mean, to me, it's uh, I don't know. I don't know yeah. what's worse. Obviously, doing it is worse, but they both suck. Is anyone still listening? By the way, have you did you turn off in the last three minutes? <laughs> We're not going to no. talk about this for the remaining time, are no, we? No, it's getting interesting. Okay, uh, we'll we'll drop it. We like to get a little depressing yeah. towards the end to get to get up again. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that happened a few minutes. That it. happened in the first sense. Then you got a lot depressing. Then you got more depressing. <laughs> so, what makes T- Tel Aviv great? So no more camp talk, no more anti-Semitism. Whoa, 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 we'll get back oh, no. to it. Don't worry. Um, uh, it is. Uh, it's a great. Well, the fact that I can't answer immediately. It's. Uh, I, I must admit. I, I tell people that. Um, I don't want to say I'm over Tel Aviv, but probably some combination of living here for a while and uh, maybe traveling a lot. Again, I don't look at it in the same way as I used to. You know, I'm not. Go- I'm not going to bars every night like when I first moved here. It was. It's alive. It's fun. The beach. I should go to the beach more, but even objectively, if I don't feel it as much anymore, it's um, look, it's just becoming more and more cosmopolitan. Um, it's it's you know tolerant and, and pluralist and fun and um, uh, no, it's a great city. It's a great city. It really is. I mean, I it, it's it's a lot as it's not as as party as as everybody puts it out to be i remember uh, i remember finding out that i think it is it's got that it's what's maybe the you're nickname? old too what's the nickname uh the, the city that never you're a little off Sakati, so yeah. it doesn't stop yeah that's not true it stops you think? <laughs> it stops i mean come on man listen in People the uk go to sleep. in the uk i was kicked out of of the pub at 11. oh yeah yes Yes. So maybe maybe I'm just uh, you might be old. Here you can. Yeah. <laughs> no, I maybe I just take it for granted because he's right. Yeah. I mean, I do stay out till like, but maybe I just maybe I take it for granted. Maybe you go to sleep. Maybe yeah. Well, I go to sleep at the bar. <laughs> I just fall asleep on the bar. There is a lot. Uh, before any of my friends convince me of being uh, accuse me of being Tel Aviv haters, I um, I I was out of the country for about forty percent of last year, which is too much. So I do. I want to like you know rediscover or fall in love with Tel Aviv again. Um, but uh, I would like to do that. 
It's a goal. <laughs> well, we can take you out. We can show you the... As long as I'm home by 10. <laughs> and you're paying. Okay. Fine, 10.30. Okay, okay. So, okay, so we're going to do something new this week. Yes. We're going to do a... Um, a segment. A thing oh. called, yeah, Weekly Obsession. All which right. which I like. I like the name of. You suggested it. Thank and you. And at first I thought it was bad, but then I realized it's kind of Story like a play of my on life. A play Am I the weekly words. obsession? Is it me? No, it's what we're gonna do is we're easy, we're gonna go around in a circle and we're going a to and we're gonna sing Hava Nagila and then we're gonna and then we're gonna close. No, I'm kidding. We're gonna basically everyone's gonna try and think of something that they couldn't couldn't like stop thinking about this week. Something that they were just kind of like obsessing you know, about. Obsessing about basically. Yeah. A weekly obsession. For me it's you, Aton. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go last because otherwise I'm not going to think of something good. Okay, okay, Aton will go first because it was his idea. So, I have nothing <laughs> on my mind the whole week. No, I, I have I have two things, but I'm not going to do one of them because one of them is, is, is as depressing as the Holocaust. So, I'm not going to go with that. Oh, why not, man? No, 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 no. Okay. I'm going to talk about um, I'm obsessed with um there's a new show out hbo show um called westworld mm. i don't know if you guys have seen it but haven't the seen it penultimate episode was out last week and the the the, the finale is coming out tomorrow so i think i saw the first episode right after it aired uh yeah it was intriguing but i didn't continue and i was sort of waiting to hear how it is it, it, it's great i should watch i that. i mean i'm i there i've heard i've heard people from both sides i personally am obsessed with it mm. it's based on a movie from yeah. the 70s Brenner. yeah um and which was based on a book i think and um, i think michael crichton wrote the book he's, he's the guy who did jurassic park uh yeah i think he did it which surprised me because that was a long time ago oh i did not know so i think. But I, I i haven't actually seen the original movie I think that from from people that I've talked to who have seen it, it's a little more like it's a, a little more simplistic. Like it's just kind of robots running around, and then they they all of a sudden like become sentient and they just start killing people. And um, and this has much more nuance to it. Mm -hmm. And so the show, I mean, obviously because it's a show, so you have to stretch it out. Yeah. It delves much more into like the philosophical aspects of what makes a human a human, what yeah. defines personality, what defines memory. What defines, you know, our imp improvisation and the ability to speak. It's a great show. It's got Anthony Hopkins in mm -hmm. it as the one of the lead roles. So, I mean, it's a great show. He okay. needed money. Yeah. So, I'm really excited about tomorrow. And I'm oh, like tomorrow's a, the finale. Tomorrow's the finale. I'm like a little giddy girl. Wait, is it, it's probably, is it today in America and you only get to see it tomorrow? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah the tonight. torrent is up. Is out. No, Just I would never do never. that. Never. Ayala Chaquet is listening. All right. Okay. Wait, so, how do you watch it? I download. Oh, you do? <laughs> no, I, I don't. <laughs> this is so many people are listening right now. I okay. can't. Yeah. So, okay. So that's my weekly obsession. Okay. Um, my weekly obsession. I'm sorry. It's a bit like ego egotistic. But Myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I've been looking in the mirror. <laughs> no, but it's the Google Analytics of our website. So we have a website. And I installed Google you Analytics. Tell people what it is. They can go look at it. So it's 2J, uh, 2TJB.com. 2N. 2N. <laughs> the, no, the number 2. It's, it's got 2 and then the letters B, J, and N. And you just got to mix them up and no, try and figure it's it out. You guys are the worst self-marketers ever. <laughs> <laughs> tell everyone your website right now. Okay, so it's two nice Jewish boys. 2NJB.com. 
Okay. And in it, you can listen to episodes. So I've, I, I installed Google Analytics and I've been obsessing about there's the live user uh, feature. Well, you can see live who's at the website right now. So I've been obsessing about it. And because we had the episode with Simona about binary options uh, last week, um, and I just kept looking at, at, at the numbers. So if you're on our website, just know Noor is watching I'm watching. You. I'm watching. Um, I totally get that. When I really used to blog, when I first moved here, I would, you become addicted to checking your statistics. Yeah. yeah. It's so beautiful, and you see the graphs, and, and, you, know, and, you, and you don't want to do anything else. Like a, a girl calls you, want to do something. No. No, no, I don't want to do I'm anything. Watching the statistics of my podcast, <laughs> unless you want to come here and watch the graphs with me. I was wondering why you didn't answer. I kept calling, <laughs> and so that was. Uh, and and by the way, guys, after you finish uh, listening to this episode, you're invited to listen to the previous one. Maybe you like it. Previous one ones ones yes. Yeah. And uh, Benji, your weekly obsession. Well. Um, I didn't have as much time to prepare as you guys, but uh, I I just made this one up. I didn't I um I didn't even have time for a real obsession. I I um I told these guys I think I told you when you walked in, maybe I didn't. Maybe that was someone else. Um, this was a busy week. I had I performed or had some kind of um, if not a stand-up show, a uh, some a program I led six out of seven nights this last week, which I don't think has ever happened in Israel before. It was crazy. Um, and probably the most exciting one was was last night. Um. So if it wasn't an obsession, it was something I was excited for and think about. Uh, there's a comedian named Elon Gold who is successful as a comedian. If he's not, you know, a quote unquote celebrity in America, he's maybe one notch below. He's he's uh, been on the Tonight Show ten times. He's a Netflix special out. He's here in Israel filming a Netflix series, uh, and he's also an observant Jew. And I was asked to open up for him. He, he had time for one show in Israel. It was last night. It was for a fundraiser for an organization called Kids Kicking Cancer. Um, and I got to open up for him, and it was exciting and fun. And um, that's amazing. That's yeah. awesome. Is there? Is it uh, recorded? They, I believe, they filmed it. I'm waiting to get the footage. Um, All right. So when you do, if I mean, if it's online for free, then we'd love the link. We'll we'll post it. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing. Uh, the whole thing will not be, but I mean, yeah. I, if I like some of the footage, I might yeah, put yeah. it up. I haven't seen it yet, but um, that's awesome. Yeah. To whom you perform usually, like here in Israel, like it's Olim Birthright. All of the above. If you speak English, yeah. And and when you perform in for in front of Olim or Birthright, they approach you. They talk to you. What do they like? They ask you stuff. Uh, you mean afterwards? Yeah. What interests them? Yeah. Um. You know. Sometimes. Uh, I mean, sometimes people come up and share their own stories. You know, about Israel. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe someone will say hello, or it's a small Jewish world, and when you are in this, you know. Maybe I met. So it's it's not uncommon to cross paths with people. Like I'll meet someone who is, you know, made Aliyah who I met when I performed at their Hillel a few years ago. It's uh, hmm. um, it's a lot of, you know, or maybe so. Last night someone came up and said, "Oh, I, I've been reading you online for years. It's nice to meet you." So that's nice. It's uh, you know, in the small Jewish world, you sort of get to be friends with people or get to maybe often develop relationships with with people who which wouldn't happen in the states. Right. And uh, future shows coming up? Um, go to my website, benjilevitt.com. That's, that's a nice way to say I don't remember offhand. But, okay. Um, you know, or uh, on my, like my Facebook page. Um, you know, every week in Tel Aviv, I've got English shows. Um, and, uh, you know, here and there I'll have things for groups. Check out my website. 
And uh, okay, we'll do. So uh, we'll we'll put links to it. Um, Aton. Yes. What do you say? I say um, say all is good. Okay. All is good. Okay. In the theme of of the Holocaust. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Note to I self: <laughs> never do this twisted podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. Uh, we didn't do much. Uh, we didn't do enough Holocaust. Oh enough my God! Jokes. I, 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 this is that, at least he's, he's a sabra. We expect it from him, not from yeah. you. No, I'm I'm all for it. I'm oh all my for God! It. <laughs> What's? I mean, okay, we're not going to get into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Donald Trump is a horrible human being, and I do not condone the Holocaust. Okay, <laughs> this <laughs> just showed. as a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Benji, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Uh, it was amazing. Good luck with all your endeavors. Thank you very much. Um, And uh, Eitan, see you next week. See you next week, man. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.